Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches seeds just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Yo, what up, everybody? This is your boy, the Mustache Messiah, Wes, and this is I Get Next. Yeah! And today, no sports, strictly Stan Lee. If you guys don't know, Stan Lee passed away last Monday at the age of 95. And this is just going to be a little remembrance episode. It'll go Various different topics, as always, but they're all going to be tied around Stan Lee and his creations. And I also have my man Chris Cox on today's episode, and he is not only the host of multiple podcast disorders, but he's also an anime superhero, comic book aficionado. He has a lot of knowledge, and he's going to, you know, kind of explain how Stan Lee switched the game up and how he changed the culture forever. So, without further ado, guys, let's get it! Yo, what's up? Back again. Got my man Chris Cox here. Uh, we got the host of Multiple Podcast Disorders. What's up, Chris? What's up, everybody, man? Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Yo, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, hey, just in case everybody's listening or everybody is listening, you can find me here on Anchor. You can catch me on uh, Apple Tunes. You can catch me on Google Podcast, Spotify. Pretty much your whole rundown where you can listen to a podcast that I'm trying to be at. Multiple podcast disorder, everybody. Again, multiple podcast disorder. The name is pretty much the description. My man goes from football to anime to anything in between. Trust me, it can get a little <laughs> dicey. But it's interesting. Trust me, it's interesting content. You guys enjoy. So the topic of today's discussion is none other than the man Stan Lee himself. R.I.P. to a legend. Yes, very much so. Very much so to a Bronx legend. Um, This guy was 95, lived a full life. It's like when I heard he died, I didn't really believe it. But I was... I wasn't, like, hurt, really. I was like, damn, that sucks. But I'm like, well, this guy was 95. That's a good – you lived a good life. Like, I know about your characters, bro, and I'm only 27, so. Yeah, I mean, he's probably lived a good life over and over again. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) for real. He's lived a couple good lives. Yeah, he's lived a couple good lives. And it it would – and I agree with you, too. It it didn't hurt. It was more like, wow, like he's gone. Like yeah, like whoa! I can't believe it. I thought you were gonna live forever. Yeah, it's a whole vacuum left. Like oh wow, where's Stan Lee died? Damn, mm-hmm. you know it wasn't Damn. Even like. Oh was, no, they took Stan from us. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like that. It was just like damn, man, Stan Lee died. That's crazy. That's he, crazy. Yeah, that's damn, crazy. It, that's like the that's the the best that I could sum up the emotion when I saw. It. I was like, that's crazy, man. He's gone. Mm-hmm. He's gone. Yeah, but it wasn't a sadness. Like damn, he's gone. Well, you're gonna live on, buddy. We got you. Yeah, he's <laughs> we got I think you. Our my generation, your generation, and then generations younger than us are still gonna live on with all his characters and influence. So uh the legacy is in good hands. Yeah, that's definitely in good hands. So to get the people to kind of get a feel for who you are, we're gonna play a little game here. We're gonna do something different on I Got Next. All we're right. gonna play a game of this or that. Okay. You ready, Chris? I'm in. I'm ready. Let's go. Okay, so first off, this or that. 
living life as a bachelor or the married life? Uh, the married life. Um, I'm married saying, life. Yeah, I got to make sure I say that. I'm plugged the wife, my wonderful, <laughs> loving wife of 12 <laughs> years who listens to all my podcasts. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, there we go. See, we got a smart man in the house. Okay, <laughs> married life it is. So uh, we got basketball or football? I got to go football, man. Football. Woo-hoo. Okay, yeesh. My listeners might not like you too much anymore, Chris. And that's the interview. That's it. <laughs> yeah, no, right. Cut, cut yeah, the we're interview. done. Cut it out. <laughs> okay, so since we got a football player here, we got uh, AFC or NFC? I got to go AFC. AFC? AFC. Ah, AFC. Listen, even though I'm from New York, my favorite team, a team, the only team that I root for is Pittsburgh Steelers. So I got to go AFC. Oh, okay. So you're a Steeler. Yeah, All right. Mm. Well, my uncle's a Steeler, so you know, I, by proxy, we're cool. All right, I got it. Cool. By proxy, we're cool. So that's that's all right. I'm not mad at that. So okay. Well, I'm not even gonna put Big Ben in the combo because I feel like I know the answer. So we'll go. We'll go with the AFC theme here. Let's go. Uh, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. I'm gonna go Tom Brady. Tom Brady, oh man, you just won points, my brother. He's a Patriots fan. I, I had a whole. Uh, everybody, I must shamelessly plug myself again. In my last episode, I did a whole thing about how I don't think Aaron Rodgers is in the conversation or should be in the conversation for greatest quarterback. I, I just don't. I would much rather go with Tom Brady than Aaron Rodgers. Mm, I get you for that for legacy. Right now, I feel like uh, Aaron Rodgers is better right now today but legacy wise definitely time break it's not close yeah it's not close uh okay so we got what next what next what next how about marvel or dc i gotta go marvel i've always been all right so i'm gonna I'm like ruin it i'm gonna be that guy that ruins the game <laughs> so <laughs> actually i want both yeah i'm gonna be that guy so i'm gonna say both i know that wasn't a choice but <laughs> I like DC because DC was never afraid to like go dark. They, I mean, that's one of the very, not very first, but DC definitely hit a trend, especially um, with the year one Batman comics in having heroes question their sanity and also whether or not killing is a thing they should even discuss or think about. Where even though Marvel has violence in it, it's kind of rosy. Everything kind of turns out okay at the end for the most part. So definitely uh, hunky dory. Yeah. So I mean, even though it, like we were just we kind of discussed earlier, even the arc um, between when Tony Stark and uh, Captain America split, and you had two different sections of superheroes going on. I mean, there was a death in that, but it still was never on the same level as like a DC comic in the killing joke. I mean, one. Yeah. Ooh, the killing one, joke. Was yeah. Good. I mean, the Joker. <laughs> I mean, For you guys Joker. don't know, the killing joke is a DC animated movie that came out. I think, what was that? 2015? 16? Yeah. 2015. Uh, based from the graphic novel. And it, I mean, you have in it and the Joker killing a, a train load of children as well as uh, sexually assaulting Batgirl after being shot in the spine. So that's that's (laughs) That's that. (laughs) Yeah, that's a DC comic dark, whereas 
you know, in Marvel, someone gets killed and they just go back in time and wipe it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they magic erase that shit right yeah. away. You're right. That's so, true. That I, I got to take them both because if you want something, you want that R-rated feel, you want to go to DC. If you want that PG-13, maybe with one bad word, you go Marvel. <laughs> and usually that one bad word is Deadpool. <laughs> That's definitely Deadpool. Deadpool and it's like five Deadpool. bad words. Yeah, Deadpool is their bad word, and everything else is PG thirteen. Yeah, definitely. That's Marvel is more watch it with your kids, watch it with your little brother, sister. Yeah. DC is like you know watch it with your homeboys. Like yeah, like damn, <laughs> let's, let's get did, dark. He did Batgirl dirty. <laughs> <laughs> he did her super dirty. Yo, had her in the hospital bed begging. For... <laughs> yeah, that shit. That was a good one. Okay. I'll allow it. I'll say both was a good answer. All right. So if you guys can't tell by now, my man's accent is is definitely shining through. We got a New Yorker in the house. Yes, we do. Um, we got a New Yorker in the house. I, I hit most of the boroughs. Uh, I was born in Harlem, uh, right off Pleasant Avenue, 2281. Uh, and then I moved to the Bronx when I was about, I don't know, we're going to say about six, seven. And then I went to high school, and since we're talking about Stanley, actually, I went to and graduated uh, from DeWitt Clinton High School, which is the same high school that the late great Stanley went to and graduated from. Um, oh, yeah. So I, I have some sort of a more than just a, a a love of superhero and comics. I was actually able to go to school at the same high school, and you get to hear a lot of those stories especially when they talk about famous people who have graduated from the school. So expand on that. Like, do people, is that a real big thing there? Like when you were in middle school about to go to high school, like, did you like, oh yeah, man, I can't wait. Like, was there just a thing about going to that high school or, cause I, when my high school, there wasn't anybody like famous like that, that graduated. So there wasn't no thing. The best thing was like, there was a basketball star by the name of Chris Allen who was still there by the time I was going to get there. But that was the biggest thing, you know? Was there some sort of uh, mystique about going to that high school? No, like not really, not from like a middle school, not not from the outside. Like I didn't know about any of that history. Like I had no idea that like tiny Nate, tiny Archibald, he graduated from Miami. Mean, if you're a basketball historian, a fan, uh, he graduated from uh, Dewey Clinton High School and went on to play in the NBA. And so I didn't know any about that. Like Ralph Lauren, uh, you know, polo, if anybody's wearing any polo shirts or has the cologne, uh, along with um, uh, my brain is going because it's really late. But I, <laughs> I really didn't know about any of that mystique as a middle schooler. I didn't know about that until I got into high school. And I actually went there because I just wanted to play football. And they had a really, they, I just I just thought they had like the toughest football team. Like it was hard to make that team. So I wanted to go there. And plus, and my sister was there too. So that's how I knew about it. So mm, that's how okay. I, I didn't learn about everything. I didn't learn about Stan Lee and everybody until I got there and they start telling me the history of the school. And you're like, holy shit. Like this is big time. Like, I mean, everybody listens to rap, DJ Red Alert all the DJing and those parties and everything that kind of pushed him in the spotlight that started at DeWitt Clinton. I mean, that was years before I got there, but there's a, but lot still of, there's a lot of famous people that walked those hallways before and after I got there. And that energy got to rub off. That's got to do something to the students walking after them. It is pretty cool because 
we got to you get opportunities to be creative you you had a lot of opportunities to be creative whether it was you know every school has a school newspaper you can be in a school newspaper we had creative writing classes things like that and just in terms of being in the bronx in the mid 90s everybody was trying to create something whether it was fashion whether everybody wanted to be a rap star whether you're trying to be a sports athlete you were always creating something so it was it was a good mix of back and forth with everybody that was at the school yeah from what i know you know i was a child in the 90s i was born 91 so <laughs> from what i do know i know that was like a little mini renaissance up there in new york especially like harlem in the 90s it was a lot of pro-black stuff going on again at that time so i could tell probably all the juices was flowing and like you said everybody was creating so I know having that talent that walked through the hall before y'all, and like you said, you guys doing creative writing classes and stuff, you got everybody probably like, yo, if he could do this, he went here, I could probably make the next Spider-Man or yeah, and, and Captain what, Marvel or something. And what's crazy about it is it, like even just, you know, the whole, just being in New York City is just creative in itself. Cause you could go downtown, you can go to Manhattan and literally see like a movie star. You can see somebody from a movie and like just eating lunch because everybody lived in Manhattan. Like you could go see a comedian and then realize he's famous in the next two years that you see him on TV, but you saw him at a little small club at the- And that's crazy. Yo, I used to go, there was a little comedy club I used to go to on, um, uh, what was it? It was like 65th. It was downtown, like 65th Street, and I used to go in, six, yeah, 67th, and it was a little downtown comedy club, and I used to go there all the time, because uh, I was, because <laughs> I always looked big, so I used to get in places without being <laughs> and I had, you know, I had a mustache and goatee and all that, so I was good, so I was going to comedy clubs when I was like 17, <laughs> and like I remember seeing like Patrice O'Neal, um, Dave Chappelle, like all of you just. Doing comedy, comedy legends yeah just doing their comedy acts just in a regular con like a small little room type of comedy club and next thing you know you see them on comedy central when i was in college that's when the Chappelle show came out so they were like it was just like oh snap that's dave Chappelle. you know even when i saw half baked so that's dave's <laughs> show. Like, i saw so, this dude before yeah so it's just like just new york in general is even though it's such a huge expanse of real estate everywhere it's really small because you can run into, you know, whoever. I mean, I remember before Tyler Perry was popping, the, the Beacon Theater that's downtown, that's where all those Tyler Perry shows used to be at. And then everybody was like, man, you, did you see that show? Did you see this show? Did you see that show? And then next thing you know, a couple years later, and I had never seen one, next thing you know, Tyler Perry is a uh, dire mad black woman. In the, on the in big the, screen. And on the big screen. And now he got his own channel with Oprah. <laughs> yeah, boy, his own channel, his own production his own, company. Like, it, yeah, he got his own channel. Like, he's like, I, I'm gonna just put out what I want to put out. Nah, so, for yeah. real. Shouts out Tyler Perry though. He doing big things for people down here. The for A. real. Employed yeah. my friend out of high school. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out to you, Tyler Perry. Oh, that's what's up. But um, yeah, I, 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 I spent a little bit of time in New York. I got a couple family members up there, and just like you said, the energy is so creative. It's just the city is, like you said, you can see a movie star just walking down the street. 
And I know even in Stan Lee's older age, I feel like he, he gathered a lot of that inspiration from the city because um, for all of you who don't know out there, Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. I don't count Goku. He's, <laughs> I mean, that, come on. We, <laughs> we're not even going to get into that. That's, he's number one. That doesn't count. But, uh, you know, regular superheroes, Spider-Man is my favorite. And as you guys know, it takes place roughly in, like, Brooklyn, I think. What? Spidey went to school in Brooklyn, Spidey, right? Queens. He Queens. He went to school in Queens. Queens. Yep. I'm, from, I'm from the South, guys. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> nah, my okay. bad. We good. So yeah, he went to school in Queens. I should know that too, but but, but he's you, all over the city, though. You know what yeah, I mean? This dude is all over the city. In in the in Spider Man in, in the multiverse with Miles Morales, Miles is from Brooklyn, and that's so, the black kid, right? That's Miles the, is the black kid from Brooklyn. Yeah, Miles is the black kid from Brooklyn that takes on the mantle of, of Spider Man. So it, so you're not wrong. Boom. You just, you just wasn't right on this one. <laughs> on that universe, there we go. Okay, see, I was right in another universe. See, Shout out go. to Rick and Morty, you know. What I mean? Yes, <laughs> but so yeah, it's and you can feel the vibe throughout Spider Man. Like it's it's. I think the grittiest, um, the grittiest you're gonna get. I mean, I guess you got, uh, I guess you got Punisher, but yeah. that's that's he's dark. But as far as your lighthearted cartoons, yeah. that's the best you're gonna get is, is Spider Man and. He's got that witty sense of humor, and you know everybody I know from New York got kind of got the same like sarcastic like. If you don't know them, you kind of want to fight. Like, is this guy serious right yeah. now? Like, is he really being an asshole? But because that that's our defense mechanism. That's how you process <laughs> things when you grow up. Because it's like, all right, everybody gonna say something to you about something. Because you're never gonna have everything that you're supposed to have as a kid. So you're never gonna have the fly shoes on. You're never gonna have the best jeans. You may have one or two of the outfit, but you ain't gonna have a whole outfit. So somebody gonna pick that out real quick. Hey man, look at your <laughs> shoes. You gonna look at your teeth thing. We even like don't you know, so, don't so, come for me. Yeah, so you have to be able to have a quick wit and like real tough skin. Like people saying something about you can't like set you off. You have to be able to go back at them and they're like, all right, I got you, I got you. Respect, respect, respect. <laughs> respect. Yeah, that's how you got it. So don't <laughs> show he, you soft. As long as you're not soft, we good. Yeah, and that's how Spider Man was. Like Spider Man was nerd. Like he was super smart. But he wasn't soft. Wasn't soft at all. <laughs> wasn't soft. He <laughs> he verbally lets you have it, and then, <laughs> but once he's able to have the physical to to combat that, then that's when he's like, okay, yeah, I can do this because now that's yeah, over with. Now <laughs> I got the mental, you know, acuity, and now I got the physical status to do it. So we about to get it in. <laughs> yeah, you try me if you want to say something about Mary Jane. <laughs> put you, put you against the wall, boy. For real. Yeah. So Spider Man, of course, that's my favorite. But he's come up with so many characters, man. Yes. Like, just, I mean, just not even the typical Spider-Man, Iron Man, Thor, Hulk. No. Just some characters that people might not even, you know, Let's... realize. Like, you get deeper into that because for, for all of you guys that don't know my man Chris out here, he is deep in the world of not only anime, but comic books and, and superheroes alike. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say it out there. I'm a nerd, but I'm just I'm a nerd that can fight. So that's kind of how I survive. <laughs> so that's how I survive. But see, but little background. My man is a nerd from a different time period. Like I'm I'm from the '90s, and by that time, by the time I got to middle school, it was almost kind of cool to like alternative shit. Like yeah. the 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 term now is alternative black boys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I was growing up. And it was almost kind of cool, especially when I got to high school. Like, 
girls were like, oh, you don't just like trap music? You like yeah. <laughs> Justin Ozuka and Chris Brown and all this other stuff? Oh, you listen to watch anime? Yeah. So it was cool for me, but, no, you know. <laughs> we, we paved the way because we, like, we took a lot of ass whoopings to be able to just be okay with that. Cause it, it wasn't like nobody... You couldn't really go to school and be like, hey, man, did you see Vampire Hunter D? Or did you, they'd be like, the fuck are you talking about? You know? <laughs> so, and girls was definitely not getting you no know, play. If you, <laughs> you went home to watch a cartoon. But like, you went home to watch a cartoon, and it's not even in English? Boy, oh, are you a dweeb? Boy, yeah, bye. Like, boy, please. Get your ass out of here. Yeah, you can't tell so, me you're watching it. Nah, I ain't gonna lie. It took some years. It's not till I got to college. You tell me you're watching it in Japanese, though. Like, yeah. you try to get a shorty to watch it, a sub with you. It's not happening. No, so they wasn't watching no cartoons with a brother back then. It was like, <laughs> if you're not trying to take me to go downtown to uh, to the diner, you're not trying to take me to Sue's Rendezvous, you're not trying <laughs> to take me to one of the Spanish joints, or in Washington Heights, and we ain't going. There. It's not happening. Yeah, I'm not going to your house <laughs> to watch no damn anime. You need to take me out on a date, yo. <laughs> I mean, even though I lived in the Bronx, like, we used to have to go. Like, Junior's was a spot. Like, Junior's was a spot in Brooklyn, and it had, like, this, like, world-famous cheesecake, or it still does have this world-famous cheesecake. So, like, you was balling if you could take a date to Junior's. <laughs> it's like Cheesecake Factory here. Yeah, you, if you could take a date to Junior's, you was the man. So, like, it was no anime stuff back then. Nah, hell nah. But with Stan Lee, like, just think about it, people that's listening. Everyone loved Black Panther, right? The movie. Everyone loved Wakanda and the whole super advanced African society. Uh, you know, like it, it, and everyone said it was all oh, to take on Afro Afrocentrism and Afrofuturism, right? Mm-hmm. You understand that Stan Lee wrote that in the sixties like, <laughs> without cell phones. No, yeah. no, no, no real cell phone. No, Stan Lee wrote about an advanced African civilization culture that produced a superhero, more than one superhero. It produced, uh, uh, it had a bloodline of the Black Panthers, but it also produced uh, others like the White Wolf, which is kind of the the mantle that Bucky Barnes is taking up now, which is, they called him in the movies, he's the White Wolf. But in the comic books, it's actually, it was a mercenary, but it was a mercenary trained by Black Panther's father to watch out for him, who became like his brother. So, ah. and, you, and I mean, so you had this whole, fictional representation, positive representation of African-American men and women written by a Jewish white guy that went to school in the Bronx in the <laughs> 60s. So, like, like you, what are the odds? Yeah, and you have to understand that, like, comic books or comic book writers were or are an unsung hero in the social movement because they had less restrictions on what they could do, so they wrote a lot of positive depictions of people of color like you had some of the very first hispanic superheroes that came out of marvel comics uh i mean diana torres which is um white tiger which she is the kind of superhero that kind of roams around with uh, luke cage and daredevil and jessica jones one of the very first hispanic superheroes i mean uh, a positive, Coming out of Marvel Studios, yeah, right? a par- positive representation of an Asian American man in Iron Fist. So 
but yeah, because he was Asian in the comics. If anybody's watched, if anybody has watched Netflix, it, it, yeah, they they did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Netflix went and they said, well, well, let's not make him stereotypical and make him Asian. Let's make him white. Okay, I understand that. I get that. I was okay with the black uh, kingpin, uh, which was weird. That it, was weird, it was weird whatever. because. And that's that Daredevil movie was shit. So r- real quick, can we, <laughs> can we all give a big shout out to John Favreau? Because if it wasn't for John Favreau getting together and really putting his nerd knowledge and really ro- painstakingly writing the first Iron Man, we would never be where we are right now. Shouts out. Because John Favreau is the one that said, let's do Iron Man. Let's get um, Robert Downey Jr. and I just want you to be snarky as shit, and I want you to play this part. <laughs> but I need you to play it within this boundary, and he did, and it was a hit. And hey, I'm just gonna put an Easter egg. I'm gonna bring Samuel Jackson because he's in everything. You're gonna be Nick Fury. Now kids don't even know Nick Fury was white. <laughs> like kids back in the right back in the in the comic book because I remember seeing some sort of cartoon I forgot what I think did, did Shield have an old cartoon? Yeah, Shield had an old cartoon. Okay, who am I tripping? And and Nick Fury, original character Nick Fury was white, and I had lived through a horrible David Hasselhoff movie with with him playing Nick Fury. <sighs> That's before my time. I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, see that dude, shit. I had to live through a Dolph Lundgren Punisher movie. <laughs> hey, that couldn't have been that bad. I mean, this, is this fresh off of uh, Rocky Four? No, no, this is not fresh <laughs> off of Rocky Four. This is a, this was like ninety five. I need a oh, job. Man. Oh man, dude, check. I, find it on. Try to look it on YouTube because you really can't find it anywhere. But I had to live through Dolph Lundgren Punisher. <laughs> I had to live through the Thomas Jane Punisher. With it, it wasn't that bad, but it wasn't good either. And then there's Punisher Warzone, which was another shitty movie. Like we had really bad comic book representations until recently, when I hate to say it, nerds got to kind of run the show and say, mm-hmm. "That's no, exactly what happened." Don't mess up my characters. This is what we're gonna do, and if we're gonna try to make it realistic, here's how we can do it. And that's why you kind of see the popularity of them now, because if you go back 10, 15 years, the movies that they spit out that were trying to capitalize on superheroes were all horrible, except Blade. Mm, yeah, no, Blade was a good one. But no one knew Blade was a comic book. Like, unless you were, like, indoctrinated into comic books, you didn't understand that Blade was a Marvel character. And somebody older told me that, too. They were saying it. Like, the way they were saying they're talking about it, they were like, yeah, when I was reading Blade, I'm like, reading I'm like, what are you yeah. talking about, reading Blade? Like, Ooh. yeah, no, it was a comic. I'm like, yeah. no, bro, Wesley Snipes was in this. Like, what are like, you talking no, about? Wesley, it's Wesley. Nah, yeah, I, I saw him. We have the same name. What are you talking about? Yeah, but Wesley was the one that's like, yo, I want to play this character. And he put effort into it. And it, it was almost, when Blade came out, it was almost like an independent movie. Like, it came out and it had uh, New Line Cinema backing. Yeah, because it didn't have any Marvel like no, logos it had no or... Marvel logo. It was New Line Cinema, and it wasn't everywhere. It was like, oh hey, Blade, new movie with Wesley Snipes. Mm-hmm. That was it. They had nothing saying it was anything related to a comic book. They just portrayed it as an action movie. Here's this black vampire. <laughs> and yeah, like fighting, what? Yeah, he's fighting with a katana sword. 
and then Blade did well, but because no one knew it was a comic book, it didn't catapult Marvel into the stardom that it is right now. Okay. Yeah, see, and, and I got I and I know a little bit from my generation, but I know most people had no idea no. that that was a, a comic book at all. Yeah, and in Spider-Man, because they're talking about Spider-Man, right? And everybody's going to say, well, Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire did really good. Okay, so here's the deal with that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, don't break my heart. No, I'm not going to break, break my heart. heart. Don't break my heart. The first, the very first Spider-Man that came out with Tobey, Tobey Maguire that was directed by Sam Raimi, I thought it was an excellent transition of a comic book movie and putting it on film in the attempt for it to be a comic book like a visual comic book I thought, yeah. it, was, I thought it was great I love that I saw it in the movie theaters twice two and three they no not very good three whoa really, really? that's how you feel because the first one I saw I saw the first one and I think this is when IMAX theaters like first started popping yeah and I saw it in IMAX as a little kid, so yeah. I, my mind was blown. Like, yes. whoa, like, the, big screen, Spider-Man, like, yes. the, the web-slinger was cool. Yes. You know? And I saw the second one, and I think my mind was blown even more because of Doc Ock. I thought that was... Well, tell the people out there, man, because everybody my age is probably listening like, yo, get this old ass nigga off. I know. Get, yeah, him, yo, like, get him out oh, of here, my dude. Because his generation got... <laughs> yeah, that's what they're thinking right that, now. Because the third one, I get you in the third one. Most of us, we don't really like that. Like, no. I like it because it's Spider-Man. But the second one, everybody think that's the best one. I, I think the first one was the more genuine, this is Spider-Man. The second one was like, holy crap, we made money with Spider-Man? Let's make another one. Mm, okay, and you think he was too gimmicky? Like, his, it, like as it, far as his portrayal became, as Peter Parker? The way they portrayed the city around him became gimmicky. Again, the first movie was great because they translated... A comic book onto screen, it became a visual comic book, similar to kind of what they did with Frank Miller's, um, with the Frank Miller comic books, when they and uh, Robert Rodriguez was able to put it on screen, and I mean it looked awesome. But it's the same thing with Spider-Man; they translated it to screen, it was great. But the second one, it didn't really build off of what they promised in the first one. Like you were expecting Hobgoblin to come out. You were expecting other villains to come out, like the lizard. Okay, like I see what you're saying. I see what you're going. And you had way more expectations. Yeah, than because I thought, oh, well, they're going to build a world around this. Like, they kept popping these little Easter eggs in, and then they go straight to Doc Ock. Here's Doc Ock. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, but you totally passed Kirk Connors, which you introduced in the first movie. Yeah, you didn't so, even go into the lizard. No, right? and then you 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 kind of half played with the hobgoblin theme, and you didn't bring that out until three, and by that time everyone was tired of it. Yeah, it was done. Yeah, yeah you I mean, put it that had out. Great, okay, I I, I do feel great that visuals. because the Green Goblin was the shit. Yeah, it had great visuals. Don't get me wrong. As a visual movie, eye candy, I liked it. I didn't like it on the story based of it. Based on the story, uh, I didn't I didn't like it. And well, okay. That, so if you're saying that with Spider-Man, though, I know we're a little off topic here, but yeah, whatever. Okay. But it's still Stanley. It's Stanley, exactly, exactly. So what? I mean, how do you feel about that Homecoming then? Because in my opinion, I thought it wasn't. I know there's so many different renditions of Spider-Man. Yeah. And a lot of people my age were like, "Oh, it's not. I don't like it. The story's weird." And I thought 
I was like, well, if you've ever been to New York, bro, like the school that they showed, like the classmates and everything, yeah. looked like a New York City public school. Like it yeah. was a bunch of different races, ethnicities, all that. Like everybody was together. Um, they really played on the fact that Peter Parker was a nerd. They had him in the uh, yeah, what's that, in the special debate? class and like yeah. advanced class. I liked <laughs> Homecoming. Like I really did, and this is this is why I liked Homecoming. So I they built a world around it. So once they got the rights back from Sony, and I was going to tell you a quick story. The reason why Sony came out with Spider Man, they had the ability. They went into Marvel, and basically the heads of Sony told the 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 dude that was going there to deal with Marvel. He said, listen, I don't give a shit about anything else. You go get Spider-Man and you get out. Oh, wow. That's exactly what <laughs> happened. That, because they felt everything else Marvel had was worthless. And anybody was, and they said, all we can do, or we're going to do a Spider-Man movie because nobody else wants to see the other bullshit of people in space fighting and all this other stuff. We're going to get Spider-Man. And that's why all these movies were in like development hell because Sony just did Spider-Man and then all the rights were all messed up in between all these different companies. So that's why it was just the only the Spider-Man movies that came out. And then they then they reverted, then they tried to reboot it, and now, mm-hmm. now they Disney with the got, yeah, Garfield now, guy. And now Marvel uh, or Disney purchased Sony and that's part of Marvel. And so now that's why we got Homecoming. Yep. I enjoyed Homecoming because they brought Peter Parker back to his roots of actually being a kid. Thank you. Spider-Man was 15, 16 years old when he was 17 years old. He didn't go to college until, don't quote me, but I mean, he was at least in the 100s, 200s of the issues before he's in college. He's a high school kid fighting crime. Exactly. And that was my biggest thing because they started him as a freshman. Yes. And so I enjoyed him being in high school. I kind of enjoyed skipping past the point where he got his powers because everyone knew that already. Yeah, we don't need to see Uncle Ben die. No, we don't need to see that. We don't need to see him figuring his powers out because everybody knows how how Spider-Man powers work. Plus, again, they went back painstakingly to the comics. Spider-Man's webs weren't produced by his body. It's because mm-hmm. he was uh, basically a prodigy, a genius. A genius, yeah. made the web capsules to shoot out. So that's Because there was times, to. people don't know, where he's like web-slinging around the city. Yeah. And he's doing stuff, and stuff has happened throughout the day, and he runs out of damn web cartridge. Yes. About to fall and stuff. That happens a bunch of times to him. Yes. And so that is, I like that they brought that back, that he self-engineered everything. Like his first costume self-engineered his very for all his web slinging cartridges again self-engineered so i enjoyed that they did that I, the one thing i almost i kind of critiqued a little bit was they changed flash thompson but i understand because they changed it for the times like even though we have bullying but we don't have bullying like when i was like younger, it used to be like it's we, not no real yeah, traditional it's some bullying. big jock kid picking on some small kid it's now nah. everybody picking on each other it's some yeah rich, it's some rich, you know, snooty, snarky kid who's like cyberbullying somebody else. And so they change Flash Thompson from a, you know, jock bully that ends up being a, a, an astronaut. They change him to just a spoiled rich kid who's on the debate team. So at first I didn't like it, but when I put it into context and I watched it, I was like, I get it. I understand that you change it for the time. 
Yeah, it's 2018. They had to. They kind of had to do. That. They had to they, do that. And then, it's, you like, know, it's a softer generation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they could. They couldn't have some big six five two eighty dude no, picking on a yeah. five nine guy. You know, you couldn't do that. You'd have parents rioting in in the movie theaters watching. My that. son was triggered. Yeah. And, nah, you can't do that. But I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the the how they took time to ground level his villains so the vulture is supposed to be a character who's like half vulture half man where they were able to turn him into someone who in context he's a vulture because he's just picking off the leftovers from the avengers first war in the city and then by costume is he's able to fly around because he's using repurposed technology so i i loved how they put those little subtle nods into the character as well as into peter parker trying to figure out how is he going to do this spider-man thing and is it just the suit is it just the strength or is it really more than that is it really his desire to be a hero and i think that was a, if anybody's watched the movie you know you've watched the movie that last part of the movie where he couldn't save the boat from splitting in half and Tony mm-hmm. Stark, I, yeah, Tony Stark had to come had back to send the robots and help him fix it out. And it wasn't because he wasn't strong enough. He fully didn't believe he could do that because the same situation when he gets trapped under the rubble and he had, and he's calling out for help. This is Spider-Man. This is a superpowered human being at this point who's just becomes a scared kid and is calling out for help. And once he realizes, I don't need a mask or a suit, I can do this. Once he believes himself, he lifts the rubble off and he's good to go. And now he's pulling down the jet carrier and fighting on the jet carrier with webs. <laughs> so I enjoyed that arc that they put in there and they put him in a world where everything was starting to build around him. So he's a superhero where he's dealing with the aftermath of um, the Chitari coming to invade Earth in the first Avengers. His principal, a small little... Um, Easter egg, the principal of his school is a descendant of one of the Holland commandos that fought with Captain America. So like, it's a whole uh, world that they built and I enjoyed that. So I really liked Homecoming and I liked his attitude and I liked the humor that they brung to it as well as the real world element that whatever you do has choices. You know, Mm -hmm. even even when he chose to save Dude because he liked his daughter. Yep. That choice had a positive consequence when he refused to rat him out in jail yeah i was so, thinking the same thing because so, yeah he saved my man's even though he was trying to do him dirty yeah, so it's a respect factor it's okay i don't like you and but you I, did save my life <laughs> yes and when I, and you tried to protect my daughter so i i will give you that so yeah. no, i enjoy i'm looking forward to it and it was sad when he i mean it shouldn't be a spoiler alert but it was sad when he died in avengers i was like oh yeah, he man. was like Mr. Stark. I don't want to die. Oh, like, oh man. man, he played that role like this kid. I really do like him, man. I hope because they have him back in the Marvel universe that they don't switch him up like they did my boy Garfield. No, I didn't. And I didn't like Andrew Garfield as Spider Man. Like it felt like he was trying. It was every dialogue delivered. It was like he was trying too hard. Really? It did. I, I didn't. I, I liked him. I thought like he was just the right amount of like snarky for me. I like that Spider Man. Like he was, he was a good, like good kind of asshole. It was almost too much. I, I guess I liked the best part. The two best parts I liked about 
the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man is I liked when he couldn't save Gwen Stacy. And she Come on, the second one? The second one. And she hit her head and she died. Didn't see that coming. That emotional scene, he did very well playing that as an actor. And then I like, I wonder if it was still the second one when he had, he faces down the rhino. Was that the end of the second one or end of the first one? Second one, yeah. End of the second where one. The, where the little kid, where yeah. the little kid was there, yeah. The that was one. probably the best part. And, I, you know, I'm just like a sucker for movies like that, for scenes mm-hmm. like that. So that was probably the best part when that little kid steps up and it's like, you know. Nah, I'm on. Spider-Man. What's yeah. up? And it was like, damn, you know, go get him, little dude. And then. <laughs> you got heart, huh? <laughs> You know, and then it, it inspires Spider-Man. Well, this is what I'm fighting for. So this is, I should be out there, not this little kid. So those I thought those kind of got dragged through the mud, though, man, because the second one was good. Like, it had Jamie Foxx in there. He played a good Electrode. Yeah. And for I, everybody who played the video games, it just, to me, really, really hit home because it just reminded me of the Amazing Spider-Man 2, I think, the video game on PlayStation 2. Yeah. And that little chase scene between him and Electro through the city was just a good one. It was my favorite mission. So I yeah. guess I was partial to that. <laughs> it was. And, uh, you know, and, and it's bad because my wife would probably tell you, it's like, I'll watch superhero movies and any really movies. And I'll like, wait, what? And I'll start like picking shit apart. And then it gets to the point where it's like, I just have to watch it by myself and make fun of it. <laughs> yeah, see, because your knowledge is even more vast than mine. And I already kind of be like, Nah, this isn't how it went. This is how it went. And I know you're really like, yo, yeah. this is not even another universe is how it went. Like, yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. And not even <laughs> not even New Earth 52 or DC. None of this. None this of this not, happened. In this Bizarro, is not Scarlet Spider-Man. You know, for him, Bizarro World, nothing. Yeah. So, but I, you know, and I get, but I, I enjoyed the fact that those movies came out, but I just didn't like the execution of them, I should say. Okay, I mean, that makes sense. You're right, though. This Homecoming is going to be, I think they really got it back to the essence of Spider-Man. Yes. And because now we got the and Avengers, he was in the what is it, Civil War, and then he mm-hmm. was in the Infinity War. So yeah. we know now that he's a part of their arc. So yeah. I feel like they're going to get deep into Spider-Man now, yes. like real deep. Like Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't he not like one of the leaders of the Avengers? He becomes one, especially during. Um, so that's the new Avengers, then. That he yeah, especially of. during like the new Avengers and the Civil. He grows a lot during Civil War because a lot of people were kind of fighting for his services, and he was still again he's still a kid and he's trying to figure out: Do I go with Tony Stark or do I do it go with Cap? And it's, it's still similar in the Civil War movie theater. Like he really looks up to Tony Stark as a tech. Yeah, as, as a, a tech. A tech yeah, the tech yeah. guy. They're but both the geniuses. Thing, He's like, wow, here was a skinny kid from Brooklyn, and I'm from Queens, and he's, you know, a superpower human, and I'm superpower human, and it was almost kind of a kind of accident. So he sees almost like a dad and an uncle in him. And so that stress and strain on him develops him as a leader character later on. I mean, there's an arc when he fights Kingpin. And he almost kills Kingpin in prison and chooses not to. And he's like, I mean, he goes after him. He says, listen, the only reason, every day that you wake up and every day that goes by, I want you to understand that you're here because I allow you to be here. <laughs> and anytime I want to come here, and he said, and I don't, and he's like, I, and I'm paraphrasing the comment. He's like, and no, Spider-Man didn't do this. And because he's fighting without his mask. And he's like, Peter Parker, 
I did this to you and I will continue to do this. And he was just went on and basically reduced Wilson Fist to like this, like blubbering nothing. In jail. Oh it man. <laughs> it was crazy. Basically. Cause he had had enough of him, like threatening um, Mary Jane, threatening probably Mary Jane, threatening his, his aunt, um, May. aunt May. And he was just like, I'm, he's like, keep trying me. I'm going to kill you. And he beat him in front of all the prisoners. And he's like, Any, anybody else step on the line, you're getting it too. So, Ooh, I mean, geez. it pushes. OG it, Spidey. Yeah, it put, like, Spidey, as he's grown up and as the writers have um, given him more of an adult uh, content, you can see the weariness of fighting all these battles all these years have taken a toll on him. And he's like, at that point, he's teetering towards, well, I'm just going to be the punishment. <laughs> I'm, I'm, the, I'm the Punisher with superpowers. Forget it, yeah, forget you know. it, yeah, forget the Punisher guy. But I, I'm, I, I'm a running streets. I think that's something they're gonna do, like in this Phase Four of Marvel, where they're gonna start the older Marvel characters, like Thor and Iron Man, that started it all. You're gonna see more of these new characters, more of the Guardians of the Galaxy, more of, <clears throat> excuse me, more of Spider Man. Uh, you may see. Some of it. I hope and wish some of the Marvel Cinematic Universe characters from Netflix get entered in there because, again, they're still a Disney property. So I'd love to see Daredevil, uh, Charlie Cox, who's the actor that plays Daredevil, would love to see him actually in a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. I think it would be awesome, but you know, I'm waiting for it. I think that's gonna happen. Listen, I think that's what they're setting it up for. I, I would hope so because I think, again, if it, it if Iron Man was a tentpole for all the rest of the MCU movies, then Daredevil was the tentpole for all the Netflix. Um, yep. The Netflix shared universe because... Because he can go crazy from there. But the writers, the writers have done such a great job of delving deep into his character and to the stories that mean a lot to everybody. I mean, I don't know if anybody's... I don't want to spoil season three, but Daredevil season three on Netflix... And the story arc that they follow is just amazing how they've completed it for Netflix. So uh, if you haven't checked it out, go check that out. And I'm probably going to do a breakdown of that in the next month or so. So my cousin's been telling me to get on it. So I need to get on it. Yeah, it's fire. (laughs) (laughs) So really (laughs) like so we we probably did like 30 minutes on Spidey. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm not mad. That's my favorite. Forget y'all. Big Whoop want to fight about it? I love him. <laughs> so um, we can get into some other characters. Let's do a your top five all-time Marvel characters. And you can do from you can do from whatever. Comics, cartoons, movies, whatever. Your top five favorite characters. Top five favorite characters. I think my first so he's going to be number one. My first ever, like, wow, that's my favorite was Wolverine. Like, I that hit home. Like, I that was my first ever favorite character. And again, like, I'm a story guy. Like, and and I think I'm just like a I'm a romantic on the low because <laughs> I like love stories and everything. And uh, the story arc when Logan goes to Japan. And because uh, again, if you read comics, uh, at one point Logan lost his eye. And he wore an eye patch, and he was a samurai in Japan, and that's probably the coolest thing ever that they've ever done. Wolverine is a samurai 
in Japan with an eye patch. <laughs> cool shit. And I, reading those comics that my brother had, that he became my, because it was like also the overall, like, I can't die. And yeah, you can heal yourself no matter yeah, what. But at the same time, I feel all this pain. And it, you know, so like that juxtaposed between the two, that always made me favorite character. Like, I, like that's, I love it. And then two would be Gambit. And Whoa! I, yeah, number two would be Gambit. Oh, I like Gambit. Man. I just thought Gambit was cool. Did you hate? Did you hate Gambit in the um? What was that? Was that first class or? Oh, no, that was X Men Origins. And X Men Origins. Not, that's the last yeah. time that we will speak of that movie on this show. <laughs> <laughs> that was some bullshit. <laughs> Like my man Cheeseburger Eddie, that's some baby back bullshit. <laughs> yo, uh, yo, I couldn't stand it, man. It I... was horrible the way he did the blob. Anyway, oh. yeah, I'm not gonna go down that road. <laughs> but I like Gambit as a comic book character and the cartoon. Remember seeing the X Men cartoon? I just thought he was cool as shit with being able to uh, put his energy, his psychic energy, into the cars and flip his mm-hmm. cars. And he didn't have knives. He didn't have guns. He had a, a bow staff, and he had his cards. And I thought people forget cool. about that that staff too. Yeah, and I thought that was the coolest. He had a cool character design. He had that long leather cloak jacket. He was always he had that New to, Orleans accent, boy. Yeah, he, smooth. He was always trying to get girls, and he was like, he stayed talking to girls all the time. That was his whole mo. And so, like, that was number two. <laughs> so I really enjoyed that. I liked Daredevil is number three. Never to say, oh, you like Daredevil because Netflix. No, I my favorite uh, comic book uh, arc was when Daredevil fought the Submariner, and it was it was cool because there was two moments in it. It was one moment in the comic book where Daredevil had to fake. Uh, it was a girl in his office that she tripped over a desk, and out of reflex, he caught her, and then he had to make it sound. He had to make it look like he tripped by accident and just fell into her. And I just thought that was a cool moment that here's this guy that roughly can save anybody, but he has to lie that he can save you just because he's blind. Like, yeah, so, make and, make him look stupid. Not yeah, stupid, but, you know, worthless yeah, almost. Yeah, he has to be like, oh, oh, that was an accident. It was a total accident. <laughs> and, again, Daredevil fought a super-powered person because the sub, you know, Submariner is, when he's on land, he's got superpowers. He's got super strength. But Daredevil's able to fight him and use his skills and and use his whole, you know, the man without fear thing to be able to beat Submariner. So I really enjoyed him as a character. So let's see, top five, who else is in there? I'm going to throw Black Panther in there, and I'm going to throw that. I'm going to say the current depiction of Black Panther because... Okay, I, so the, I, the new Marvel I, movie. Yeah, I really didn't read too many Black Panther comic books. I don't mean 100%. Like, I, I read them, but it wasn't, I'm like, eh, meh. <laughs> yeah, it was just another thing. Like, yeah. it was just because just he was black, I'm not going to read these. Like. Yeah, and people, I mean, people going to fake the funk on it now. But, oh, man, I was on, I was up on Black Panther back in the day. No, you wasn't. He was a lying <laughs> yeah. dude. If you telling me you was on Black Panther back then, not everybody was on Black Panther because it wasn't. It just wasn't big. It wasn't fantastical. Like we weren't as 
like now as we as African Americans as people talk like man look at how they represented us we look awesome out here mm-hmm. but back then it, that's not how we was looking at it we were like man I don't want to see no brother from Africa fighting nobody man I want to see somebody in space I want to see somebody that can like turn his whole body into a solar flare like yeah they so, still I got mean, spears and shit I want to yeah that. so they it was it was hard to relate to that but now as an adult to relate to the current incarnation of Black Panther, I will say he is definitely in my top five of superheroes. Like, I truly enjoyed him as a character and as someone that was written in the comic books or, and someone who's also written in as a movie character. So I, I truly enjoyed that. And for you guys that don't know, that's Storm's husband. So that's yes. just, you know, that's a big plus. Yes, and then so people don't understand that even that there is a a correlation between the two. So they're gonna uh-huh. they're gonna add that. I think that's a little tidbit. They'll add that to to the mix. <laughs> I think they will. They probably will. They'll probably add in some point. They'll be like, "Oh yeah, we can do that. We can add that in there." And then let's see. And then number five. If I'm gonna add a number five into there, who am I gonna do? Who am I gonna do? I am gonna say I'm gonna go with the Johnny Blaze incarnation of um, Ghost, the Ghost Rider. What? And, and I have to say Johnny Blaze because that was my first anti-hero. Like Johnny Blaze wasn't your normal hero i'm here to save the day look at me like he was a flaming skull dude (laughs) with a biker jacket and chains and he wrapped his chains around like it's a whole different psychological look at a superhero and that was kind of my first look as an anti-hero because some people could say oh logan or Wolverine is the answer here, but he's always going to do the right thing. He's yeah, he was a just, good guy. Yeah, yeah that he's was a never good just going to just leave me. He's always a good guy. And then I really didn't get too much into Punisher um, until like I was a little older, like high school. But when I was like middle school, um, grade school, and just fat, being fascinated by Ghost Rider and the Johnny Blaze version and not not that bullshit Nicolas Cage. Man. I'm like, yo, you gotta remember my age, dog. All I remember is Nicolas Cage, man. See, I'm like, yo, what Nic- is this, man? See, Nicolas Cage will mess y'all up. He'll have you thinking that's really what that was going And let's not forget, so as black people, let's not forget Idris Elba was in, in Ghost, Ghost Rider Part 2. So yeah. he doesn't get it. Yeah, yeah he was. Oh, he wow. He does not get a pass for that bullshit either. <laughs> no, you don't. You got to be a part of that too. Listen, if I ever saw Idris Elba, I'm like, I, I would check him on that shit. And what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Ghost, Ghost Rider too, dude. Like all this other stuff. You in Ghost Rider too? Yo, come on, B. You didn't need money that bad. You should turn that one down. That. I mean, he'd have probably been in my face, but I would have checked him on that one. You got to let him know. Yeah, come on, man. The, the, he was not for the culture that day. <laughs> he was for the paycheck. On that no, one. dead ass. I for, that was one of his most forgettable roles. Yes. Jeez. Yes. But that would be my, like, that would be my honest as a kid top five. Because you can go, what's your top five now? But as a kid reading comic books, and watching the cartoons and things like that, that would be my top five as a kid. See, that's a that's a very well-rounded top five. 
I see like a lot of X Men. That was my uh, second favorite for and, out of the Marvel world. And X Men was big. Like X Men was such a huge world. There's so many characters from X Men. No, X Men gets too too deep. Like yeah, that can yeah. go on in a million and one different directions. Yes, like X Men itself is its own universe. Like you don't understand. Like I mean, I mean, I could have thrown out Nightcrawler. I could have said <laughs> I could have said Zazel is could have been my favorite character. Um, the hell, anybody from the Hellfire Club, really. You know what's my um what's. Uh... I forget my man's name that went under Magneto. Not Pyro, but um, he has some spikes or something. I forgot. He was a newer guy. He has some spikes. I used to like him. There's just so many different X-Men, dog, that yeah. I lose track of them all. I mean, and I mean, if we, want to, and if we just want to add, like, hey, here's your honorable mention, I, I would have to say, and he's not a hero, but I'd have to say Dr. Doom. Oh, give me, give me, give me that one. Give me why Doctor Doom. You don't understand. Doctor Doom has no superpowers other than the fact that his he used his brain to study technology and magic and meld the two together. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. He's like a a scientist witch doctor. Yes, and he became so powerful just off of that that he became a God-level character. Like, there is a version of him that is God-level Doom, and no one can step to Doom. <laughs> no one. You got to understand, like, Doom is the reason why he, like, Doom called Galactus to, like, eat the planet. <laughs> like, yeah, and that shit's nuts. Like, like they Doom haven't even is, gotten to Galactus. Like, that's and, a whole nother. And, and, and with also with Doom is, Doom is... He's a bad guy, and he's gonna do whatever he wants to do. But still, it all came out of a need to protect Latvia. Mm-hmm. Like it all became a need to do that. But then he he just went insane with all the other stuff. But Doom is such a for. I shouldn't say he's forgotten. I'm not gonna say he's forgotten. I'm gonna say he's a marginalized character by the mainstream. Well, like definitely, you're... especially. Yeah. At but I will say this though. If they would have did a better job on those Fantastic Four movies, he might not have been that marginalized. Yes. Because that's and, where people remember him from. Yes, they remember him being bullshit in the Fantastic Four movies. Because I, I want to agree with you. Because if people could have got a better visual representation of him and his powers and what he was, yes, he would. Because he, I mean, in, in s- several different comic book arcs, he's wiped out or taken on the Avengers by himself. Like, no co-stars. <laughs> it's, it's been Doom versus, like, every roster of the Avengers. And in multiple times, he's come out on top. I mean, they'd have to bring out some, you know, they'd have to bring out, like, the Hulk or Gamma Hulk or something like that. So, like, they had to, like, bring that out there behind so they can beat Doom or some magical item that, you know, uh, Doctor Strange pulls out. Because we got to understand, everybody thinks Doctor Strange is like, oh, here's your magical weapon. He was no match for Doom. Yep, I did not see that. Was an old one I did see. So I he was that one. There was a there was a point in time in the comic that Strange was was good, but he was not a match for Doom yet. And I tell because, people like when I saw the Infinity War, I was like, "Yeah, Doctor Strange isn't gonna be able to do anything." Like, trust me. You know, so that I mean, they're making Doctor Strange powerful now because he's taking over. A, a you know, they're kind of amalgamating some things that are happening with him using his magic in the world and they're making him quite strong but 
because basically they they took out Baron Mordo. They said Mordo is going to be kind of an enemy and a friend. We don't know if we're going to bring him back for the rest of the movies because really Mordo was really the powerful one. Like he was the one that was insanely powerful and it was always a back and forth struggle between him and Strange. Um, but they kind of, I don't know if they're going in a different re- different direction or not, but I don't know if he's going to pop up in the next movies. They kind of said it, he was going to do that, you know, where he's going to take away all the magic in the world. But whether or not that happens with the direction of Infinity War. I'm about know. to say, you know how Marvel movies do. They'll throw that out there and never touch on it again. Yeah, never, because it may, I don't think the character got received as well. I think, I, I think even though I'm going to probably say his name wrong, Chiwetel Ojiofor, I'm probably going to kill his name. That's the actor who played Baron Mordo in the Doctor Strange movie is a wonderful actor. Um, uh, my favorite movie of him is called a movie called Dirty Pretty Things. It's a really good movie. Check it out. Um, <laughs> it's a really good movie. Like it, it, it's a, you can count it as a foreign film. Dirty it's, Pretty Things? Yep, Dirty Pretty Things. It's, it's like, it's about immigration, um, black market organ smuggling, like, it, but it's a love story. Like you know how you know how it's like love stories. It is just a straight love story. I'm telling you. Um, but he's a wonderful actor, great actor. But I don't think his character, the way he portrayed it, translated to how everybody who's read the comics have envisioned him. Which is why I don't think you're gonna. I I don't think we're gonna see him again. I don't think we're gonna see Baron Mordo. I think that's just kind of a a dead storyline, especially with Infinity War, they're probably going to have to reboot certain things with going in time or quantum realm and kind of turning back the, the time using the um, the Eye of Agamotto. Mm-hmm. So you, they probably won't even touch on him at all. I doubt it. I doubt it. You know, most people aren't even checking for him anyway. Yeah. So. I mean, okay. Well, let's get into a couple more things before we get out of here. Um, I want to hear your top five we got the top five characters so let's go everybody knows marvel has done this big reboot and they're trying to make the marvel universe the biggest thing since sliced bread so i'll go what is since iron man one came out what are your favorite top five marvel movies top five marvel movies Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of course we're not counting any x-men movies just because those are those are those are fox those are fox yeah those are fox yeah so we can't count x-men i'm gonna say number one is iron man one iron man one because iron man one set it off and i was like boom i love this two would have to be thor ragnarok that's the last one that's the third one yeah third one i thought thor ragnarok was excellent black that was epic Yes, Black Panther comes in at three. The very first Guardians of the Galaxy would Good come day. in at four. The second and one was then, weak, man. They that shit was weak. I I I I agree. It was it was weak. weak. But I agree that it if it was a if that was the first film, it would be just as good as the first film. But because it be, it came second, yeah, everyone's expectations were so high, and it you, you can't match it you can kind of only level out or go down. And I think they leveled out. And on their level out, it's like, oh, it wasn't just the first one. I think if they would have just not... Because uh, the first one, I think, was naturally just funny. But I yes. think, like, the people who wrote it, 
they didn't write those lines to be funny like they were that. De- they were delivered funny. They were delivered funny, yeah, because you just got the right actors. But yeah. and I think they, in the second one, you're writing comedic lines. Yeah, you're writing actual yes. funny lines, and yes. you didn't need to do that. Just write some good uh, dialogue and have these guys do what they do. No, I agree. I, I agree on that, but I do think it had more emotional heart than the first one. Oh, I no doubt, because the connection with him is that. And people kill me. They're like, oh, but when he's envisioned his mother dying and he grabbed the stone, yeah, I get that. But I think the emotional fight between Gamora and her sister Nebula, I think um, uh, Quill, his want for a dad and a family, but realizing he did have a feeling, family, Rocket finally coming to terms where he's been experimenting on a ton of times. I thought the emotional part of two was really good. Yeah, um, it did hit home with that. It was a, it did, it did do the emotional thing, but my, my number five and my number five is Blade, the very first Blade. Because that Whoa. is a Marvel movie. That is a Marvel comic movie. Uh, they didn't say it, but it's still Marvel comics. The very, very first Blade because they touched on his superpowers. It was still, it, it was weird with whether or not it was New York or LA. I think they were trying to- I couldn't be, tell. I, I, the second it, one made it, it seem like LA because of the clubs. It, it was more LA. The, it, like if you look at all the, it, it was LA, it was shot in LA, but I think they were trying to, you know, for money reasons, not film in New York and not really say where it is. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed that because they were true for the most, like they were like 80% true to, to Blade, the comic book. And I truly enjoyed that. Again, you bring a black superhero to light. He wasn't an ex-drug addict. He wasn't, I mean, <laughs> he, he was a black man. He didn't play basketball. He didn't play bad. He wasn't like some great athlete that became a superhero, which, you know, again, I mean, even though Black Lightning is good, it still follows the same trope. That he <laughs> exactly. Was like, he was an Olympic level athlete and this and this and that, and then he became a scholar, which he's still a scholar, but at the same time. Yeah, come on. They, they always portray him as an athlete first, um, in which I hate. We could do better. We could do better than yes. athlete. But they, they were trying. They were trying to give people of color superheroes. And even though they were doing a good job by representing us, representing us positively, it would stereotypes were still being thrown in there. I'll take that um, stereotype in the thug, though. I'll take the athlete over the thug. That's, that's cool. true. <laughs> I would say, because at least you're doing something. Yeah. Other than trying to kill somebody else. Yeah. But I will put Blade in there as my top five movies. And like I did before, as a, as a, um, almost made it as an honorable mention. <laughs> and, I know, and I know everybody's going to hate me. I know they're going to oh, just boy. like. Don't say, five. don't say Incredible Hulk. <laughs> don't say Incredible Hulk. Don't say that. I, as an honorable mention, oh my god, in, Incredible Hulk. <laughs> and, 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 and which one? Please, which? I, please tell me. Ang- talking about I the like one where he makes the Hulk hands. I like the, the Eric Bonner version. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. The Fair. one with um. Oh god, the actor. Um, hear his name. The dude from American History X. Yeah. Er- Edward, Edward Norton. Edward Norton. Edward Norton. I didn't like his at all. Oh my God! You like the first, and let me tell you that you just showed your age again because none of my friends, none of my friends know that there was another. 
They everybody thinks that the Edward Norton one was the first one. No, everybody the, thinks that was that the first was the one. one. That it, was the, the first one, one came out on VHS. I have that on VHS right now, yeah. and I, I, I hated it. This. Listen, oh. I took my date. I was in my junior college. I think I was in my first year of junior college, and I went to go see that. And it was, oh. and it was, oh. Oh. And, and I remember enjoying it and hating it at the same time. <laughs> That's why it's an honorable mention because I, it's like a guilty pleasure because I enjoyed it again, kind of like I said with Spider Man, they tried to make it as a, um, as a visual representation of a comic book. Mm-hmm. And Ang Lee, which was the director of that movie, he did that. They had comic book paneling for the transitions into other scenes and it was look it looked like you were watching a comic book on film now the story was some schizophrenic bullshit oh they just like, it made they no up. sense they just made this story up and said okay people aren't gonna care because it's the hulk and everybody who's watched the Hulk comic was like what what, what is going on it made no sense who is that? who's his dad what yeah like, like who's his dad like what why is his dad a large <laughs> electron uh, 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 electro monster oh like, my so god man it, yeah it, it it was bad on a story <laughs> level and but on a guilty pleasure of the fact that they tried to make a hulk movie I I enjoyed that, so that's just my guilty pleasure, <laughs> honorable mention. Oh that goes man, in my top five. So I you didn't kill me, but <laughs> El Terrible. That I'm gonna be honest about it. I'm, I can't lie. <laughs> I give you, I definitely give you a props for throwing that out there. That took courage. You're a courageous man. <laughs> I give it to you because everybody's gonna hear that, and I'm gonna put your links up here for your podcast, and they're gonna be like, yo. Yo, this is the dude that like the Hulk, man. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. We can talk about it all day long because. Listen, I understand. Like I said, I for every part that I liked of that movie, there's probably three more parts that I hated. As long as you know it was terrible. <laughs> it was. As long as it, you know that. It, no, it was. I'm, I will never defend it and say that was a good movie. I just said it was in my top five. It was in my honorable mention because I liked it. But that does not mean it's a good movie. There's people that like bad teams. There's people that love the clubs before they won the Super Bowl. So okay. Bowl, World Series. World Series. I'm sorry. They loved the Cubs before they won the World Series. And the Cubs were dirt devil last. They were just bad teams and people <laughs> loved them. That's the same way I love that Hulk movie. It's just <laughs> dirt devil bad. It's horrible. But I love the attempt at the comic book paneling, the different transitions, and the way they use lighting to kind of make it look like you were reading a comic book on on the big screen that's what i enjoyed about it i'll give it to you man i like i said i can't be that mad i like the phoenix suns that's my favorite team and we're the worst <laughs> in the nba so i know i heard that in your other, <laughs> yeah. other podcast you was like man we'll take anybody at point guard yeah somebody. anybody man look i'm advocating for the worst team in the league well, right I, now so listen i i told my friends like y'all playing with a high school team Y'all, you basically got a college freshman team. No, that's yes, for real. We got <laughs> one college senior and all freshmen. Yeah, you got a bunch of freshmen playing. Like, you can't expect just strength-wise to play at a level at guys that have been in the league for five, six, seven years. It no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. We're going to be good keep, like two years, three years if we keep this little core. That's what I'm saying. That's if you keep it because I feel like what's going to happen is going to be like what happened to the Bulls. Then they got rid of Ben Gordon. They got rid of Kirk Heinrich. Oh, 
That was some years ben, ago. That ben, was yeah. the la- that was the last we've heard of Ben Gordon really after that. Yeah, did Ben Gordon nothing? He phased his whole life out. <laughs> I think yeah, that was it. Nothing. And that was even it. though you had Derrick Rose, you had I mean, you had um oh god, what's my man's name? He's still playing. He playing for Tosh Gibson? No, he's playing for um the Lakers now, the center. He came out right out of high school. He was he was on that. Uh, Tyson? Team. Yeah. Tyson, yeah, Tyson Chandler. Yeah. I mean, Tyson Chandler was there. I mean, you had a whole core of people for like five, but they couldn't keep everybody together. And it just like blew up. And then, and even Derrick Rose's Bulls was the same thing. Derrick yeah. Rose kept getting That hurt. injury, man. They um, would have been something if that injury didn't your happen. Your boy Jimmy B, <laughs> he started becoming a problem. But at the same time, well, I think he became a problem because you, you – The organization sucked. Well, they, but now they were playing him at point guard. So they, first they had him in a small forward where he was really killing because he was a complete mismatch. Then they put him, then he finally goes into his natural shooting guards. Now he's killing again because he's in the natural role. He's still a mismatch. Then Derrick Rose goes out and they're like, all right, you got to play point guard. So now he's, so now as an individual on a, on a basketball team, you've won games as a point guard, as a small forward, and as a shooting guard. You think you a hot shit. So you know definitely nobody. Yeah, no, nah, definitely. So they got his ass up out of there. Like, we train you. You gotta go. We gotta you go. Got, your head is too crazy. You they seen that go. writing on the wall though. They knew oh, yeah, it was. They see it coming. Well, they wouldn't be able to pay him anyway. With their yeah. Rose's contract, yeah. they, they wouldn't be able to pay him. Yeah, no, nah, that they, was uh, I mean they they uh, I mean I guess it's a good decision, but I mean hindsight hindsight's twenty twenty, so I mean, he's yeah. a great player, but like you said, they didn't have the money. You no. were just a problem on the squad. That's no. when, what was it, him, Rondo, and Wade were together, and you just yeah. just wasn't working out, man. So, and to kind of go back to the topic, because like I said, we can, like, you and I can jump into, like, multiple things. Hey, look, hey, <laughs> multiple podcasts is sort of, Yeah, baby. multiple podcasts. <laughs> Come on, we in here. We went from talking about the Hulk movie to talking about <laughs> basketball in, like, two seconds. Yeah, hey, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But to bring it back, like again, like you said, like, you like this, you like the Phoenix Suns. That's your guilty pleasure. That's your team. <laughs> I, I like that whole thing. That's not bad, man. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. I'm not mad at that. All right, man. One last thing before we get out of here. It's a weird little question, but if you could have any for one movie, not a series of movies, not a series of comic books, one movie you get to have a crossover between DC and Marvel. What two characters would you do? You get one from Marvel, one from DC. Just because I would stir up shit between both of them. It could be villains, superheroes, I don't care. Oh, I'm having uh, Deadpool and Deathstroke. (laughs) (laughs) My boy Slate, who's going to win? Who's going to win? Well, I think think Wade will win because Wade regenerates. There you go. Wade, well, you can't necessarily kill Wade. So yeah. I think Wade Wade wins on that level. Slade, hey, my boy Slate, though, he's out here. But Slade <laughs> Number is one there. mercenary, Slade. number one. Slade will kill you quick. Slade. Number one, man. I like that pool. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah. And you know, be like a random fact. People don't understand that Slade only has one eye, which is why he wears a dark half. Dog! Like, that's the craziest thing like, when I've seen him old man without the, ha- yeah. without the uh, mask on. He's an old man yeah, with a he only has one eye. And he would tell people he can only see, and he would still beat the hell out of you. 
like with ease. The dog shit out of you, for real. Pulling yeah, out that but, strap so quick, that'd be a crazy quick. movie. But I would, to start crap, if I wanted to do a movie, <laughs> I would just put Wade Wilson and Slate Wilson on the aisle and just say, all right, Deadpool versus Deathstroke. Go. <laughs> go. Put them on two sides of an island. And just say go, just because I would sit back and laugh. Because people don't understand, Marvel ripped it off. Deathstroke was first. Right? And okay, he, I thought that was the case. Because I used to Death, see I used to see Deadpool. I'm like, wait, hold on, yeah, man. This isn't the case. Deathstroke was the first one. And Marvel ripped it off. And basically, Deadpool is, a, is an entire character wink to the fans of the comic book. Marvel ripped it off. Know they ripped it off. Purposely put it out there. And that's why they have Deadpool break the fourth break the fourth wall and always talk to the audience and talk to the readers. Like kind of I said Deadpool is like kind of like a, a, a in joke to the fans of, of comic books is uh, there's a comic book arc where or where Deadpool kills all the Avengers. And he, he laughs about it because he's like, yeah, there'll be some magical amulet and you'll find it and by the end of this comic book, all the Avengers will be back to life. <laughs> and at the end I think the time, I remember seeing that. Yeah, and at the end, they, they did all come back to life. Like, it was like a complete in joke. Like, that's why Marvel knows they stole it. <laughs> they don't even care. But it's become such a big hit that people think Deadpool came first. Yeah, yo, because if you don't even, for people my age, if you're not totally into comic books and yeah, you've never indeed. played, uh, what's it called, Marvel versus Capcom, yeah. you wouldn't even know. Not you wouldn't even one know. Word. I got Marvel versus Capcom. Like, what is it? What is that? What is the game called? Injustice. Injustice. That's oh, Injustice. Yeah. Yeah, Injustice. People who don't play Injustice, you'd never know. Nope. You would never know. You would think that Deadpool came first. Yeah, that's funny. Speaking of Deadpool, first of all, you just came up with a. I've never even asked anybody that, but those are two characters I would have. I thought you were gonna say something like Wolverine and Batman, or like. Spider-Man versus Super, like, you know, something weird, like, or like, you know, Magneto versus somebody, you know what I mean? I, I didn't, I didn't see those two coming, but <laughs> just a little bit, I, I'm not a big fan of Deadpool. I like his satirical comedy or whatever, but mm -hmm. I think the best thing that I've seen from Deadpool was this promotion they had for the Deadpool 2. Yeah. Did you see that where they just took a bunch of, um, I think there were 20th Century Fox movies and re-released them with Deadpool covers? Yes. So like Office Space had a Deadpool cover. Um, like all the X-Men movies had Deadpool covers. They re-released the X-Men movies with just a Deadpool cover. Yeah. Yeah, it was real. I thought that was like the coolest type of um, marketing strategy you could ever do. Yeah, you get to be, you, you literally get to the wink and nod at the fans and say we know this is a show deadpool know this is a show so we're gonna have a lot of fun with it yeah they, that that fourth wall is crazy yeah and it's just it makes it makes me laugh every time i watch like i still watch the first deadpool to this day and i <laughs> the first one was a good one the second one eh, i was know. mad they i was mad they killed uh, Vanessa, I was mad they they used. Yeah, that. Like, I was mad they used that as a plot to advance the movie. Yeah, you couldn't. And thank you, that was a great way to put it. You couldn't do better writing, like. Yeah, it come was on, lazy. buddy. And they came out and said it. They came out and said it was a little bit lazy. It, yeah. it was a little bit lazy writing to advance the plot. They could have found other ways. I mean, you could have just introduced Cable coming back 
to kill a kid. You could have just did that. And And left it be. Yeah, you wouldn't even have to kill Vanessa. You could have still been in there. Because everyone thought Vanessa was going to be a superhero of her own right, where she had uh, mind control powers. Because technically the character she's kind of the mason of, she has like a mind control where she can like touch you and you're like drawn to her. We can kind of do what she wants in a certain way. Which, Almost like Poison Ivy, but yeah, with psychological powers. What, it seemed like they were hinting towards it. It was hinting that she might have actually been a hooker and that she was she used that power to be able to get guys to give her money and do these things without actually, without actually trading or necessarily trading sex. Um, so, I mean, they could have done a whole line with that, but they, it was kind of lazy. They said, okay, let's kill Vanessa. Let's have him try to be more of a good guy and save the kid and do that whole arc. I mean, when, you know, I don't know. They didn't need to do that, but I still liked it. I still think it was a good movie, but I don't think they needed to kill her to advance the storyline at all. I agree. I don't think so either. Well, my man, Chris, thank you so much for being on this episode. This was one of my longer episodes and I think definitely one of my better episodes, man. You definitely brought the feel of multiple podcast disorders I got next and I loved every minute of it. I, am, I appreciate uh, you reaching out to me and, and let me be a guest on the show, Wes. I mean, I listen, I had a lot of fun. This is my first guest appearance on someone's podcast, so I had a lot of fun being able to bounce some ideas and, and talk about sports, talk about growing up in New York City and talk about anime and comic books kind of all in the same podcast. So thank you for letting me and multiple multiple podcasts be a part of your podcast, be a part of I Got Next. I appreciate it, bro. Nah, no doubt, brother, man. And trust and believe you will be on more episodes because this was a lot of fun. I had I had a good time. It was. I Yep, it's a good thing. We got to do this more often. <laughs> we will. So everybody, like always, like, rate, share with your friends, share with your enemies, but whatever you do, do not try to take my down because I got next. Peace. Peace out.